Let's just pray briefly together before we look at God's Word. Our Father God, we thank you for your Word, and we pray, Father, that as we look at it just now, you would give us understanding by your Spirit, that you would quicken our hearts, and, Father, that you would feed us and inspire us to pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to look uh, at the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 20 to 21. It's on page 1212, 1012 on the, in the Red Bibles. It's just a very short prayer at the end of the book of Hebrews. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything for doing his everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, well, it's just a a very, very short couple of verses at the end of the book of Hebrews. Turn back with me, if you would, uh, to Hebrews chapter 3. And in Hebrews chapter 3, the writer to the Hebrews uh, starts to talk about Jesus Christ, uh, talking about one who is greater than Moses. And over the next eight chapters, this uh, incredible story and explanation unfolds about how this Jesus Christ uh, is, has become and is the great high priest. No more will uh, Israelites have to sacrifice year after year for their sins because Jesus Christ The great high priest uh, has come as the one sacrifice for all. The old covenant has gone and the new has come. God has done a great thing. Uh, And it's a wonderful explanation that we have as we uh, we go through the chapters of the book of Hebrews as to to what exactly God has done. And there's this amazing sense of, uh, look, God has done this once for all. We are safe. Our salvation is secure. Turn with me, if you would, to chapter 10 and verse 12. And this is, uh, you know, towards the end of this explanation of all that God has done uh, through Jesus. Uh, Starting at verse 11. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Now, I want you to notice that the book of Hebrews does not stop at the end of this sentence. This salvation that God has won through Jesus, the great high priest, it's not the end of the story. It's, it's an amazing story, but it's not all that the, the writer of the book of Hebrews has to say to us. Um, because salvation in the Bible is not some kind of salvation into uh, our safety and our comfort, something which is for our glory. Salvation 
is not for our glory, but it is uh, salvation into the service and glory of God. And the writer to the Hebrews, uh, you know, once he's, he, he said, that, made, said the statement about Jesus sat down at the right hand of God, uh, it's not long before he turns our, his attention to, to us, the Hebrews, and, uh, uh, to us. Um, and there's a whole list of imperatives. So over the next few chapters, I've just picked out a few of the imperatives. Throw off everything which hinders. Run the race with perseverance. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Endure the hardship. Strengthen your arms and your feet. Make every effort to live in peace. Keep on loving each other. Obey, submit, pray. You know, this salvation that has been won is is not the end of the story for us because we are called into the service and the glory of God. Uh, And, you know, this side of heaven, there's a lot to do. Uh, if you look at chapter 11, it's full of uh, the great heroes, heroes of the faith. Uh, and the, the stories of how these heroes have uh, endured hardship and suffering, doing God's will, working for his glory, uh, and being sustained by God as they do so. And this idea is reflected in this uh, short prayer that we're looking at tonight. Um, May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, and these are the words I'd like us to focus on uh, tonight, equip you with everything good for doing his will. We are to be equipped with everything good for doing his will. If you were to go on holiday, uh, I bet you'd equip yourself. You would know exactly where you were going. You'd get your bucket and your spade and get ready to make sandcastles. You'd pack your passports and the right clothes. and uh, You would know exactly what it is you had to take with you. Or maybe if you're in a job and you've got to uh, give a presentation to some customers or some committee or other, uh, wouldn't you research what it is exactly you have to do? What, what issues you have to address. Wouldn't you prepare for that? You would get the right materials together. You would uh, have the right illustrations and examples. And uh, you would you'd get everything together so that you're equipped and prepared and ready to go. What do we do to equip ourselves for doing God's will? What do we do? Do we research carefully what it is that God requires of us? Do we make sure that we are equipped and prepared to do the will of God? And what is the will of God? That's an important question. Paul to the Ephesians said this, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And if you think of it the other way around, if you do not know what the Lord's will is, that's foolishness. For a Christian. In 1 John, talking about prayer, John says, If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Isn't it important to know what God's will is? Two very general things uh, we can say about God's will. If you uh, look at the book of Isaiah, uh, you find these words that uh, God says, Everyone 
whom I created, I created for my glory. You, me, we are created for God's glory. And in the Old Testament, the, this, this word for glory, uh, kabod, has the meaning of weight or heaviness. So when we glorify God, what are we doing? We're giving weight to his name. We're, making his, we're, we're filling out his, uh, uh, the understanding of who God is uh, to those around us. Every time we declare what God has done or we, we extol or sort of, you know, exalt God's character, we're adding weight to his name. We do this commonly with uh, all sorts of things, with our things we get excited about, whether it's uh, football or rugby or our favorite this or whatever else. We, we talk about it, and every time we talk about it, we're, we're filling out meaning and weight. We're saying, look, this is good. This is what we should be doing. Uh, when we glorify God, how do we do that? Are we doing that? Is that something that, that comes naturally to us? Or actually, is, is, is the Lord something, a person of whom we are ashamed and we don't talk about? And every time we don't talk about the Lord, we're reducing uh, his name and the weight of his name amongst our peers. Every time we do something which is not in accordance with what we believe, we're not adding weight to God's name. We're taking away from God's name and God's character. So that's one thing which uh, is, uh, we can say about God's will is that we are to glorify God. Uh, secondly, in a very general sense, it is God's will that everyone should be saved. God wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. How can we be equipped to do the will of God? Well, one helpful place to look would be the book of Ephesians, where it talks about the armor of God, and there's this image of uh, being ready for battle and battle readiness. Uh, it talks about the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes of readiness, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, uh, sword of the spirit, prayer. These are all ways in which we may be equipped uh, to do God's will. And they're the kind of things that we should be uh, praying about for others and seeking uh, uh, to have an increase of or, or to have an increasing measure in our own lives. Um, time is gone, but uh, if you want to know how to pray for people, how uh, they should be equipped to do his will, a good place to start looking is, uh, are the letters of Paul and Paul's prayers to the Ephesians or the Philippians or the Colossians and how he prays for, uh, for people that, that God would strengthen them, not just so that they themselves would uh, uh, you know, be strong, but that there's this looking beyond to the people whom they are working with, that they would glorify God, that they would be strengthened in his service. Very often uh, our prayers can, uh, can focus on, on the person that uh, their physical ailment or whatever it is would, would be healed. Now that's a good thing to pray. But let's pray beyond that, that through such hardship and through such suffering, uh, their faith would be strengthened, that they would be a witness and a testimony to the, the people uh, around about them.
makes little sense to uh, be prepared for a seminar at work or that presentation that I was talking about and then not to go. That would be daft, wouldn't it? You're all prepared for your presentation and, and you just decide not to go. What would your employer think of you? Think you're a bit useless. <laughs> think, why am I investing in this person and, and they're not giving their presentation? What would your colleagues at work think? You're all ready to go for your presentation. You don't do it. Here we are, Christians. God has equipped us with all kinds of gifts and skills. An important part in this prayer here, equip you with everything good for doing his will. There's little use in that uh, and and the armor of God and that soldier if the soldier goes nowhere. So let's let's pray that uh, we are not just going to sit in safety and comfort of our salvation, but that we will use all that God has given us uh, to go and to serve him and to bring glory to his name. Amen.